Welcome back to the Venari Podcast. I'm Gov Candola, and we're joined today by Andrea German to kick off a special series that will be focusing on sustainability across the wider transportation and logistics space. Now, Andrea is the SVP for sustainability at Jazz Worldwide. For those of you who don't know, Jazz are a leading third-party logistics provider. Um, Andrea, as I say, welcome and happy new year. Thank you, Gov, for the invitation to the podcast. And yeah, happy new year to all. I know. Hopefully 2024 is a little better or maybe more stable for logistics uh, compared to 2023. Um, but we'll have to see. And I was going to say in this first episode of the sustainability series, we're going to be learning more about, you know, the current initiatives um, that Jazz are engaged with, you know, along with discussing topics such as regulatory advocacy, along with some future initiatives, you know, that we could expect to see. Um, so to kick us off, Andrea, it would be great to understand more about Jazz and obviously some of the current initiatives that you're engaged with uh, when it comes to sustainability. Of course. Yeah, pleasure. So um, I started the journey um, working or implementing sustainability at Jazz um, in 2023 so almost uh, a year in the job and we really started like with groundwork so that was very exciting for me to really um, start from scratch and implementing a new sustainability function so um, I started by yeah accessing the status quo my uh, key stakeholders in the organization so it was really um, interesting to see what, what has been implemented, like also on a regional and local scale before I joined Jazz, and then see the topic evolving um, throughout the year and also to see like the commitment and also the excitement of the colleagues to um, work together on this uh, topic. So we really focused on all um, three ESG dimensions. So starting from the environmental piece and from my experience, the environmental piece is like the biggest challenge for our industry, right? So we are like another four um, highest emitting industries worldwide. The other ones are, for example, the energy production, industrial production, also agriculture. So we have a very heavy footprint in the logistics and industry and also responsibility to act uh, towards carbon zero targets. Yeah. And the second pillar, of course, is the social responsibility. So there we have also responsibilities towards um, human rights and also towards our employees working in the warehouse, in the yeah on the on the ground right but also from a training perspective for example how do we engage with employees around the topic and make them also um yeah part of the sustainability journey i would say so it's like a lot um, about um, corporate culture and also engagement with the ecosystem and the third pillar and maybe this is the yeah um, most concerning for most companies is really the the um, governance piece. Né? So, you know, we are facing a lot of new um, ESG regulation worldwide. We're coming from this heavy um, uh, Fit for 55 regulations in the European Union. But this uh, we also see the scaling of these initiatives in other regions of the world, for example, in the US né? and also some LATAM countries nowadays. So we are facing an increasing um, regulatory um, compliance demand from the stakeholder. And this is also a very relevant um, investment criteria right now. So when you want to apply for new um, credits, et cetera, some banks are already starting to monitor also your ESG performance. And I think this is a development um, that uh, it's becoming an, um, yeah, uh, next to the price and also the performance, it's it's becoming a very relevant criteria for, for corporation. And this is a, an increasing demand for companies to comply with these regulations. 
Definitely. Yeah, I think the crackdown that we're seeing now, you know, from that governance piece is so important as well uh, to keep businesses accountable. I was going to say, you know, from a jazz perspective, you know, what are the main challenges the business is facing, you know, in the transition to zero carbon? Right. So we we are a third party logistics provider. We don't own um, a lot of assets. Of course, we have own warehouses and some in some countries, we also own um, assets like trucks or vehicles. Um, but uh, the most uh, challenging part is, of course, our um, uh, main leg uh, for air and ocean freight. Freight. We are we are doing that for customers for all uh, from all sectors for from the um, yeah producing industry, for automotive industry, for pharma and healthcare companies, etc. And um, our um, our customers are pushing us um, towards um, yeah fulfilling their carbon zero targets, and we are also need to monitor our our suppliers towards their advancement and their innovations. So where do I see the main challenges? Of course, in the um, air freight piece, there's um, a shortage of sustainable aviation fuel stuff. We talk with our um, suppliers, but. You know, this stuff is, is made out of um, used cooking oil and there's just a shortage right now. So some we see some industry players, also some shippers are buying um, big amounts of this stuff, which is, of course, good because they're pushing also then the supply of stuff. But it takes a while to really like build the infrastructure, build the refineries. Uh, on the other side, we have the ocean freight. So the biofuel option for ocean freight, are, um, I would say, uh, more widely available, which is uh, good, of course. But also here we see um, the regulations evolving. So in the European Union, for example, the ETS charges will be implemented um, 1st of January. Um, so already there. And um, from there, we also see like a natural evolvement of these topics. But for me, the challenge is really also... Um, um, yeah, get uh, get towards the carbon zero um, target in the air freight industry until 2050. This will be a challenge because there are no electrical cargo airplanes yet. No, not yet. <laughs> <laughs> Might be uh, quite away from that. But those are some incredibly interesting topics. And obviously, we can dive deeper into those as well. There's been a push from government and regulatory bodies to create solutions. But why should companies also engage in regulatory advocacy, do you think? Yeah, it's important because depending on your risk exposure on this ESG um, criteria you have, I mean, the first step for you as a company or um, um, as a like a logistics provider is always to access your um, um, ESG risk and opportunities to do a materiality analysis and to prepare for for the changes to come. No? And I think it's it's important to um, to engage with with the countries you operate in, depending on your risk exposure in in these countries. No? But we see, for example, um, in Europe, the the industry is already very. Um, advanced i would say we are like more advanced uh, than than in other countries where we are probably already still in a pilot stage for sustainability for some countries we operate in the topic is like really just kicking off right now so there we can really be advocates and also if you haven't studied sustainability for example you can still be like an advocate for this topic and still be like get involved and implement like local actions. I think um, to get started on this topic is very important rather than see it like as a um, super big challenge. Ne? So for me, it's like always important that our colleagues understand how they can make an impact also on a local level, 
but then also, of course, having like the management view, what kind of risks and also opportunities you have as, as a corporation with this topic, yeah. Definitely, because usually it's only the external factors that are discussed uh, in terms, obviously, the investment piece. But it's rare that, you know, people discuss actually how a company themselves, how they're kind of coming across with their sto story, um, you know, how it's coming across to their peers and how it's sold to wider individuals um, throughout the yeah. business as well. Because it's such an important part, you know, when individuals are joining businesses, you know, they want to understand, you know, what is the company that I'm joining doing, you know, from this perspective, you know, how can I be involved? Um, we're certainly yeah. hearing that more as a conversation, you know, from a, a talent perspective as well. In your opinion, now, given, you know, we've seen huge increases in risk associated with the global supply chain currently, um, how could the vendors and supplier relationship, you know, help mitigate these risks, especially when it comes to, let's say, human rights issues? You mentioned it briefly, um, you know, that social piece. Right. So uh, we are working on a, a third party vendor management system to get really our um, suppliers on board uh, for this topic. And there are various human rights um, uh, due diligence laws already in place, for example, in Germany and other countries. And there are more to come. And also like the European um, Union um, is working on like a regulation for the whole EU right now. So we only see like this topic of human rights um, evolving. And we also see um, a lot of companies associated with these risks, especially like the producing industry. And here, I think it's it's important to have a, like a clear due diligence process with your um, suppliers, sequencing the suppliers, start with the top um, risk and spend suppliers and then go down your own supply chain is, is critical. There are, I think, great tools out there that also kind of continuously monitor those risks. And if you find out something, you need to audit these suppliers and then also discuss it with them. You know, it's always been easy to, to make business in the logistics industry, but these new regulations kind of pose no, new challenges also to, to us as logistics companies. And I think um, this is a journey we cannot solve uh, alone it's like really we need to onboard our suppliers but also have a close communication with with our customer involving the whole ecosystem is really essential going forward definitely having a more open conversation is key um yeah i couldn't have said it better myself i was going to say from an executive search standpoint um sustainability is at the forefront of so many conversations we've had over the past couple of years. Um, you know, there's a looming talent gap for businesses looking to scale teams or even create teams uh, within mm. who have a focus uh, within sustainability. I was going to say, have Jazz, you know, face similar challenges? For me, it was a great uh, challenge and opportunity to build this function for Jazz. And uh, it's still evolving, I would say. So the, the company was uh, was very excited. I was able to um, um, yeah, build a small but very powerful team um, of internal and external resources. But for me, it was always the, um, the goal to also get accountability from my key stakeholders in the company, right? So from the leaders of the business units, from the sales and financial teams, I am uh, have daily, uh, daily or weekly conversations with. Otherwise, um, you will be like a function that is not very powerful from my experience. So really have this management intention and also develop um, solutions yourself. So I'm have a, like an entrepreneurial mindset. And um, when you start then um, this this whole journey yourself, you have to uh, really have your uh, feet on the ground and implementing uh, things and building things is, is like my passion. And I think it was very well, well received in the first year. 
and and there's much more to come. I can imagine there is. There's so many now dotted lines that come out of sustainability that go to ops, commercial, strategic plays. Mm -hmm. uh, it's going to be incredibly important. I was going to say, finally, for Jazz, you know, what are the future initiatives we can expect to see? Yeah, so we, we definitely want to um, scale our green solutions going forward. So we started already with a cooperation uh, in the industry with a provider for biofuels. So we have already um, implemented our own solution. So we really want to focus more on this sustainable solution and com commercial approach. Also educating our, our customers more about the topic. So this is very exciting for me. Also like consulting um, our customers and building like yeah business cases for them and with them to make the topic more tangible and also to strengthen our our partnership i think this is a one important initiative we will build up on another initiative is um as mentioned before the vendor management piece i think there we can do much more overall in our industry because this partnership um, approach should go in both directions né? so not only um, focusing uh, on on one or two um, major customers, but also focusing really on the suppliers and uh, on the future relevant topics. Very exciting topic for me personally. We have uh, like we are family owned business, so we have yeah. like uh, our our shareholder um, initiated before COVID already the Bruni Foundation. This is like the family foundation. So we um, in two thousand twenty four. So this year we're gonna kick off. Um, our um, pay it forward program. So we we um, uh, allowed our um, employees to um, to suggest their own corporate volunteering projects in their local community, and we have over sixty projects that we will be implementing throughout the year, going from yeah planting trees. Um, helping in the community, helping like um, children and educational um, uh, assistance. So this is very exciting for me because there we can make a real social impact um, in our um, five regions globally. And that's 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 uh, what it's all about, I think. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah, that collaborative feel is is so key. And I'm looking forward to hearing more about, you know, what's happening with jazz. And obviously, on your side, I know you're very active, uh, you know, via LinkedIn and on the website as well. So if people do want to kind of, you know, understand and learn sure. a bit more about uh, jazz, I think definitely look you up and kind of, uh, you know, learn a bit more. But yeah, look, I really appreciate you taking time out of your schedule to kind of give us a bit more of an insight. Um, and yeah, thank you for being part of the series. Thank you so much, Gov. And yeah, Happy New Year again. Happy New Year indeed.